You are listening to the Women's Health Practitioner Podcast. I am Dr. Sarah Wilson, naturopathic doctor, business owner, and practice mentor. And I am on a mission to change how women access healthcare and to change the lives and businesses of the practitioners who are delivering that healthcare. On the Women's Health Practitioner podcast, we are going to dive into the latest evidence that you need to know to provide your patients with the highest standard protocols. We are also going to talk about business principles, mindset challenges, and all of the things that are holding you back from giving yourself and your patients the best possible experience. I cannot wait to dive into the behind the scenes of how I support and educate both my patients and practitioners and bring you the latest and greatest in the things that you need to know to thrive and to help your patients to do the same. Sit back, relax, enjoy the listen, and I cannot wait to hear from you in the reviews and also on Instagram. Hey everyone, and welcome back. So today's episode, I'm actually re-airing an Instagram live that I did. So we have the endometriosis intensive coming up. This has been a hotly requested intensive because um, many of you know, many of you don't. I personally have dealt with a journey with endometriosis uh, for obviously many years. Like I was put on the pill very early into my menstrual history um, because of really debilitating period pain. And that progressed after a traumatic event in my life, um, which we'll talk about in the endo intensive. There is often a nervous system component to what's going on, uh, but essentially we had a home invasion and then all of the things that I thought I had done to keep my endo under control were no longer working. They just really were were not able to get the chronic pain response back under control. And so it was a journey to even establish the fact that I it was actually the endometriosis that was causing the pain response and it wasn't just the, the trauma response causing the pain response. Um, and it was really a huge journey for me and a really humbling journey as a practitioner to see that I was doing, quote unquote, the right things. And there was something, there was still something. I was doing the trauma processing. I was eating the the endo ways. You know what I mean? I was doing all of the things and I was still debilitated. And so that period of my life that fortunately I was able to move through um, really resulted in me having a different understanding of endometriosis. I had to go beyond the basics. I had to deeply understand how the nervous system and my viral history, this is the fun thing about being a clinician who's got a lot going on, right? (laughs) Is that you get really good at your job because you have to figure yourself out. But um, it was really a huge journey diving deep into the immune system, diving deep into what could have been activated and reactivated, diving into pain pathways and how they work in the body. And on the other side of that, and even most recently, having multiple periods where I took no Advil. This is going from a girl who used to pass out, um, someone with a 10 centimeter endometrioma to a person with 
arguably no endometriomas and well I haven't had an ultrasound in a year but um, but a, a system that is tuned and finely tuned and I ha- has to be taken care of but a system that's under control that I have had periods with no pain and so from that place we attract a lot of endometriosis in advanced women's health I treat a lot of endometriosis our team treats a lot of endometriosis and you guys treat a lot of endometriosis and it's underdiagnosed and it's overlooked and it's poorly treated And so unraveling endometriosis is something that I have said from very early in my practice. When I figure out endometriosis, I can figure out anything. And to this day, that proves me to be true, (laughs) right? And the more, the harder and harder cases of endo I get, the more and more I have to push my clinical limits to understanding what's going on for these patients, the more and more everyone else in my practice benefits because endometriosis is a constellation of dysfunctions and a constellation. It's like the perfect storm. And so as practitioners, it can feel really overwhelming to navigate that space and do it well. And it can also feel really confusing to be told that our options are frankly to just help to manage symptoms and give some ginger and hope for the best. And there's so much more out there than that. And so the endometriosis intensive has been something that's been brewing for a while for me. It's something I'm really excited about. It is happening. It will be recorded. um, But if you're listening to this live, it is happening on August 17th and 24th live. We also have additional coaching calls um, that for podcast listeners if you use the code endo superhero, then you will be able to access our early bird and also get access to that extra live coaching. Because what we know about endometriosis is that every case is different. There is a clinical algorithm. We will go through that, but every case is different and needs to be viewed specifically through a lens of mentorship and coaching. So for all podcast listeners, you guys get an added bonus. I hope that you join us at the intensive. If you're listening to this afterwards, you can still get the recordings. I'm sure that we will be adding many bonuses to this intensive as we will in the future for the insulin intensive because the research is constantly growing and evolving. And I will always want to keep you guys up to date because these are topics that are just absolutely wildly important. So I am going to now stop talking and I will air the recording for my Instagram live. And I hope that you guys enjoy. I hope that you take away a few little nuggets. Um, And next week, I will just constantly expand on that conversation because again, I think every, I think it's important that all of you know that you are treating endometriosis in your practice. If you're treating digestive issues, it's endo. If you're treating hormonal issues, there's often an endo component. If you're treating pain, especially pelvic pain, back pain, hip pain, there is likely an endo component to what is going on here. Whenever we have cyclical pain, whenever we have cyclical bowel issues outside of even the normal, okay, this patient has period poops and this patient has period pain and those period migraines and those types of things outside of that, there's a whole host of signs and symptoms that if we are going to rely on laparoscopy as we do in Canada for diagnosis, um, then we are clinically going to need to rely on these other symptoms so that we can treat our patients and get them well, whether they've had the surgery or not. So anywho, I hope you enjoy. I can't wait to hear your feedback and I cannot wait to see you guys at the endo intensive. 
Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to our endometriosis update, our live. My kids have gone to bed on time. It is a great day, <laughs> and I'm really excited to be able to come on here and just give you guys a little bit of a deep dive. Um, for anyone who knows me, I am a talker much more than a typer. And over the last couple of weeks of posting more about endometriosis and preparing for the endometriosis intensive that is coming up in August on the 17th and 14th or 24th, I've been getting a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions about endometriosis. There's a lot of misconceptions about endometriosis. And as someone who deals with endometriosis every day personally and as in my patient practice and as someone who's really passionate about the research this is something that I definitely will continue to bring more on and educate more on because it's critically important that we're having these conversations for our patients because endometriosis is an inflammatory condition that is affected by our hormones and this is what's really, really critical to understand because there is a lot of conversation and part of the reason why I'm doing the endometriosis intensive coming up is because we have, we hear every day from patients that they've seen a naturopathic doctor or they've seen an allied healthcare professional and they were told there are not any options for you right? You are going to need to get surgery. You're going to need to take a pharmaceutical. That's what's going to happen. And then we go from there. And it's not that those aren't amazing options, right? The fact that we work in a system where you can get surgery and you can get pharmaceuticals is privilege, right? It is a privilege, but that is definitely by far not the only option. And again, when you understand that endometriosis is an inflammatory condition that's affected by hormones, we can then understand that by just dealing with the effector, right, just dealing with the hormones, we're not actually dealing with the whole situation. It's not that it doesn't help, like many of our patients are using naturopathic treatments and allopathic treatments in order to address. A collaborative care approach is critically important in endometriosis, but we can go so much further than that. The research has proven it, my practice has proven it, right? This is something that I we talk about internally at Advanced Women's Health all the time, and it's really important that we get out into the community because this was another thing, and one of the, the members of my team, I'm sure she'll watch this and know exactly who she is. I mentioned a couple of months ago, we were talking, and I said, if hormonal suppressive therapies like um, Vizan and Dianogest and things like this, right, if these are the standard of care, if these are the only way forward, right? So I guess they are the standard of care, but if they're the only way forward, then why are we seeing endometriosis in infants? Why are we seeing endometrial tissue in Men. Why are we seeing that endometriosis has significant impacts beyond menopause? Why is that happening, right? It's because it's so much more than that. So when we're thinking through the treatment algorithm with respect to endometriosis, one of the really, really critical things that I want you to be thinking about 
is kind of going through your checklist. So this is again, there are a lot, I think in, in I talk about this all the time, in five years from now, I think we're gonna have five types of endometriosis and that's how we're gonna talk about it. It's like type one, type two, type three, right? Because there, there are definitely people with predominating patterns. So there are people with predominating pain patterns. There's people with predominating angiogenesis patterns. There's people with predominating inflammatory patterns, right? There's people with predominating mental emotional patterns. So there's all these different pieces to it, but it's because of the different system of the body that's affected. But when we're thinking about endometriosis, we need to think about the immune system and inflammation, right? We need to be thinking about the microbiome and the virome. We need to be thinking about hormones, right? And local hormone synthesis. When you are helping your patient to get rid of estrogen, that is not necessarily going to actually help with the fundamental issues in endometriosis. It's not that supporting the liver and the elimination of estrogen is wrong. It's not. But when you understand that the endometrial explants, and I'll, I'll back up for a minute here, but this is a clinician-based video, so I'm not going to do a ton of basics, right? But when you understand the endometrial explants are making their own hormones, you think about that differently. So what is endometriosis, right? I get ahead of myself all the time. I'm like, the basics are boring. Let's do this thing. Let's dive right in. But endometriosis is a condition where there's endometrial-like cells, right, that are found throughout the body. So they're found in the abdominal cavity. They are associated with bladder pain, bladder issues. They're associated with a variety of different menstrual concerns, pain with intercourse, pain with your periods, debilitating pain with your periods oftentimes, but not always, um, bowel changes, so period poops, that's not normal, right? Um, interstitial cystitis is again another bladder condition, infertility, any pelvic pain, um, these are all highly associated with endometriosis. We also and I, I've said this in a bunch of different places when I'm talking about this intensive, we have seen that research studies have come out to say that a lot of people with IBS actually have endometriosis. Most people with pelvic pain and infertility have endometriosis. So for a lot of the clinicians I talk to, they're like, I don't know how much I'm treating endo. And it's like, you're treating it every day. You're just missing it. And it takes anywhere, research shows anywhere between 7.5 and 15 years to get a diagnosis. It takes a very long time and it's wildly underdiagnosed. So we are seeing this all the time in our practices. We just need to know how to identify it and how to support it and help our patients move through it. So that's really, again, the context. If you think that you're just treating period pain and you don't realize that you could be treating endometriosis in the brain that's affecting the hormones throughout the body, then you're going to be missing things, right? If you are just treating from a systemic perspective and you are not getting into the fact that the local environment where endometriosis exists is different, right, and needs to be modified, then you're missing things. So when we go through our list, right, as we talked through, and again, I'm going to break these things down in insane amounts of detail in that kind of four to six hour intensive. But when we're looking at the immune system, it's really important to remember that the immune system should be identifying cell types that are in the wrong spaces and eliminating them. 
So there is a facilitation that occurs. And this is where there's a lot of conversation and a lot of confusion. People say endometriosis is an autoimmune condition. Well, no, it's there's antibodies that we can test, but it's not exactly autoimmune, right? People will say, oh, it acts similar to cancer. Well, it does in that way. It's not cancer, but essentially the immune system has allowed something to grow and then given it blood flow and just facilitated the pathology, right? So the immune system is therefore a core source of dysfunction. And when we look at what immune triggers are, right, we look at the microbiome, the bugs that live in the gut. We know that there are different types of bacteria that live in the abdominal cavity and the vagina of women with endometriosis, right? That we know, and and in the intestines, obviously, but they can be found in the abdominal cavity. But that is really important. We also know that viruses are very associated. Epstein-Barr virus, HPV, HSV, right? These are all different things that as clinicians, even like I've had multiple endometriosis patients who reactivate shingle, like they get shingles multiple times. These are all things that we need to be factoring in and looking at, right? If you have a patient who has a predominant pain pathway, well, in any situation in endometriosis, we need to talk about trauma. We need to talk about the nervous system, right? But we also know that when there is predominant pain pathways upregulated, the sensation is different in endometriosis. And it's hard to describe, but I always say, like, I had two... I had the fun story time, right? I had two um, out of hospital births with my two kids and my labor until I got to that point of transition was similar to my periods when they're, except you get breaks, <laughs> right? So the pain tolerance, like my midwives were like, you're going to be the type of person who has a very high pain tolerance. And I was like, yes, that's proven to be true historically. Like I broke my foot and ran on it, right? But we do know it changes the pain pathways in that way, right? So I was, when my midwives got to me, that was already in my second delivery, seven centimeters dilated, right? They were like, oh, it's fine. You're laughing. You're joking. Like you can go, we can go. And this is not everyone's experience, but I think it's a really good example of an experience. And I was like, no, 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 you need to check me. There's a lot of pressure, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And so from that space, we know that pain, right, can very much be changed in the way that women experience a higher toleration of pain. But we also know that normal sensations, it's called visceral hypersensitivity, and there's a variety of other things happening. But normal sensations, like a big gas bubble moving around, that can cause pain type pathways. We know, for example, so Um, my SI is one of the joints that's affected, right? If my SI shifts ever so slightly, I have to train my nervous system to not go into a pain response over that. That's a normal response that happens in normal people. But I have had to do a lot of work and I do a lot of work when I'm talking to patients on identifying the differences between a pain response and a sensation in the body associated with different physiology. So these are all things that we need to be understanding and having conversations around if we want to treat this population. We also, again, I talked about blood flow and angiogenesis. We know that there are very different factors affecting how blood flow is gathered and how it moves forward in endometriosis. And so we need to be understanding what those markers look like. I have a patient and she does not have 
excess like on laparoscopy she does not have excessive amounts of endometrial explants but what she does have is an insane amount of blood flow to her pelvic cavity and so that is again associated with aberrant blood flow and angiogenesis that is there was endopresent it was there right and so from that space we're saying okay what do we need to do after surgery because hers is such severe so severe she had to have surgery but what can we do after surgery to change how blood flow happens and vascularization happens so there's a lot more things that I'm going to be covering in the endo intensive, but I think it's really, really critical that in this moment we are identifying that there is an insane amount of things we can do for our patients to support them, right? This conversation is not for me to come in and be like, oh, you need to alter the NK cells and you need to alter this part of the microbiome and you need to work on histamine pathways and how estrogen is made and methylation and detox pathways. All of those things are important right? They're very important. But as clinicians, I foundationally would love for many people to be in my work, right? I see it works with my team. I see it works with me. But that's not why I'm here. I'm here because if I hear one more patient get put on a liver detox for endometriosis, I won't blow a casket, right? That is not how we treat such a sophisticated condition. And so long as that continues to happen, we will always feel at odds with the allopathic system. We will always be behind in the research. We will, because research is not just an RCT. Research is also clinical research that happens in clinics, right? We will always be behind these people this category of humans will always be suffering and struggling and thinking they're on their own and they don't have options. And that is absolutely untrue. So that's why I'm here. I want you to say, well, I'm not treating the microbiome. I'm not treating the virome. I don't know how to treat complement and innate pathways versus adaptive pathways. I don't know if there's any testing I can do. I don't know how to refer these people to practitioners that can help them. I don't know what to do about angiogenesis. You know what I mean? Like there's this list of things. If you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. That's why we get with so many questions coming in. My assistant and I are like, okay, we need to step on here and tell people you don't know what you don't know. And that's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to get curious and to look around and to see what the options are. And my responsibility is to teach you and also affect the system where teaching is happening, right? That is my passion and that is my goal. So I hope that you guys were able to take something away from today's little snippet. If you want to learn more, if this was mind blowing and exciting to you, um, then we do have the endometriosis intensive coming up. By the time some of you listen to this, there will probably be a closure of the early bird and we will see that the contest winner has already been announced. But in any situation, the the content, the endometriosis intensive will be taught live on the 17th and the 24th, but it will be recorded. So even if you see this six months into the future, you can still access that content. And I just really, again, I'm so passionate about people having this opportunity to learn and take on a different perspective. And even if for some reason it does not change how you treat and you still, again, want to recommend that we go only down the path of pharmaceuticals and surgery, at least you'll never, you'll understand what's going on in these patients' bodies. So high level summary today, 
I hope it was helpful. I cannot wait to talk to you guys on the other side. Comment below with your questions. I will answer them far into the future and have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, I would love a review because that is how more people find out about us and ultimately get well. If you are a medical practitioner and you're interested in taking one of my courses to learn how to implement these research strategies, see naturopathicmentorship.com. If you're a patient, we have a couple of options. I can try to hook you up with one of my trained practitioners Or alternatively, if you have a practitioner you love, I do offer one-on-one consults about your case to support that practitioner in learning further. For more information on these strategies, see the show notes. And finally, if you just want to keep in touch, I am always active on Instagram and Facebook, and I look forward to connecting with you there. Have a great day and be well.